All right, sound is speeding. We are recording. Cool. All right, let's begin. Either they don't know, don't show, I don't care about what's going on in the hood. Welcome to Adventures in Black Cinema, your passport to Black Film. My name is Desmond Thorne. I will be your host and your film aficionado for the day. Today we are here to discuss one of my favorite genres of all time. And this genre I refer to as black and weird shit. I love when shit is super black and then also super weird because I would like to see us exist in those weird kind of interesting genre spaces as much as, you know, white people do. Um, I think there's more opportunity to explore you know, our experience and the things that we go through, through things like horror and through things like sci-fi and just like, I want to have our own version of, you know, that like, that kind of surreal shit that David Lynch does, like that, I kind of aspire to get to that place so that it's not a place of just for whites doing the weird shit. So I would like to briefly spotlight a new show that is on HBO. It is called Lovecraft Country. It's black. It's weird. It's got this sci-fi like horror vibe going for it. And it takes place in the United States in the 1950s. So you do see a lot of, of course, elements of segregation and racism in America. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in the show. Journey Smollett, who we all know and love. Um, Courtney B. Vance is in the show. It's really solid so far. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um, very much so. Misha Green is the showrunner. She was the co-showrunner of a show called Underground that was on WGN that is now streaming on Hulu. It's only two seasons. I highly recommend that you watch it. It is one of the most accurate depictions of the Underground Railroad and slavery that I have seen Um, Again, Journey Smollett is in that. She is excellent, as is Aldous Hodge. So definitely check that out if you have a spare moment. But yeah, I'm here for the black and weird shit. Uh, Speaking of, I'm very, very excited to introduce our film for the day, as well as our guest for the day. So this week's episode is called Adventures in Reparations and the Reaper. 
And we are getting into the nitty gritty of the film, Tales from the Hood. Yes. And I'm so excited to introduce my special guest today, Mr. James the Third. Yes. Hello. Yes. Woo. Yes. James the Third is one of the co-hosts of the amazing film podcast, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood, and he's also part of the amazing sketch, improv, comedy, airthag group, <laughs> Astronomy Club. I've been a fan from day one. Okay. Lloyd Knight at UCB, and then they got a show on Netflix. So tell us a little bit about the podcast as well as the show, which has an interesting story to it. Yeah, I mean, the... the um podcast uh you know we just we review movies and talk about them in the context of race and diversity in hollywood um and it came about because i i did a facebook post about like how i thought martin lawrence should have been like a a huge a bigger star after blue streak Uh, (laughs) yes like he's (laughs) he's like such a in the kind of role that he plays in that is he doesn't quite play characters like that anymore totally and um, uh, and Br- Braylock, uh, one of the co-hosts was like, you are insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that yes. shouldn't happen. And then we started talking about like how there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of black leading actors. There aren't a lot of, you know, uh, options, uh, as far as that concerned. And then, uh, the podcast came about from there. It was his idea to have a, he was like, let's do it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that. And I can hear him saying that in my mind. Like, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking that? Uh, Martin Lawrence, what an interesting trajectory because he was insanely popular at yes. a certain and point. He actually arguably started making even more money after Blue Streak though, because Big Mama's house came after that. Like like none oh, of that was shit. none of that was pre Blue Streak. It's just his roles become like more slapstick, more comical, so more instead of like he doesn't quite. He's I guess cro- crossover is a term I guess you could use for like comedy and a drama, right? And totally. He he you know he just did he didn't become he didn't do what Eddie Murphy did, which is like you know Eddie Eddie can kind of go in and out, um, yeah, you know of different lanes. He does you know, and he's not he's obviously not like a he doesn't do what Will Smith does or what like Denzel does, right? Right. right. Um, <laughs> but and it, but it just feels like especially in that movie he should right he should have. yeah absolutely um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you mention him because a movie that I cannot wait to do on this show one day is Life. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that movie. And oh, yeah. the KC and JoJo song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. It's a great so, song. So good. Uh, written by R. Kelly. Oh, oh, shit. I don't know if that oh, takes it. It does. <laughs> it does. You're so right. God damn it. <laughs> It's a great song, uh, and, and that is his superpower. Is he's able to write a song for any movie? He can take a movie and he can go, "Here's, here's <laughs> the perfect song for it." Got you feeling all these feelings. Also, I'm terrible. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I'm actually one of the worst people, yeah. probably. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Astronomy Club and this petition that's been going around. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, our show uh, was was made very quickly on Netflix. Like we we sold it and it was released all in under a year. Like all in under Wow. Maybe even all in under like eight months. <laughs> so Jesus. like really kinda like 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 whip fast. Um 
uh, development process. And um, and we got canceled and we got they canceled the show and um, and we we they were like they were like, don't don't put the news out yet. And we got canceled. We got canceled in Black History Month. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. got canceled in Black History Month. Um, and, and we were like ready to, we were ready to be like, all right, let's, let's tell everyone that Netflix canceled us in Black mm-hmm. History Month. But mm-hmm. we did, we, 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 we didn't, you know, we were, we were sort of like, uh, you know, there's all these things that you sort of have to think about totally. in terms of like, we, about, about that. So like we didn't, we didn't, uh, re- release the news and then the world fell apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. and, uh, uh, and so it sort of just sort of became like, it was like, all right, you know, now that it's, it's not like we have a season two, it's not like, you know, totally. we're able to even start, you know, so, um, uh, uh we, uh, br- broke the news that the, the show was canceled and immediately people, there was, uh, th- Thankfully, you know, there were there were enough fans that were like, oh, let's rally behind this. Yeah. And, um, immediately. Yeah, immediately, which was really, really kind of great. And it also it, it sort of came like, you know, with the with the racial injustice and the movement that's happening right now in, in the country. There was a lot of people saying like, oh, watch Astronomy Club, watch Astronomy Club. Exactly. You know? and, it was, and, and like we can't wait for a season two. And it was like, oh, no, there's there isn't going to be mm, one, you know, and like yeah, and so that was uh, that was where the motivation for like, I guess we should we should say we should let people know that this totally. is not happening, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, and the the show was a dream. I mean, like we started as an improv team, as you said, and uh, it, to make it to this point was really amazing, you know? So, you know, it's great to have like, you know, it's, it's great to know that there are fans out there that are, that, that responded well to it and are excited about it. And like, and while, you know, it's petitions like this are interesting. Cause it's like, you know, is Netflix going to change their mind? You know, that, it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure if that's what the petition's going to do necessarily. Right, but, right. Um, but it's, but to show that support and for us to Absolutely. be able to, when we go into meetings and stuff and try to see whatever's next for Astronomy Club, to show like we had this level of support is, is, yes. is, is great. Yes. It's like you have a big audience, like here are the voices yeah. that want to see more of your voices. Right. And, like, I think, like, not only was the show really great and so funny and such a great variation of, like, different types of sketches, I also feel like it's kind of wrong and cruel to cancel a sketch show before they can before you can do your second season yeah the first season you're just trying out so many things and like finding the rhythm and groove of it and the second season is where you really start to see the potential and what more y'all could have done and it's yeah. frustrating yeah and i i agree i i feel the same way you know like it's like because even like like I like using Amy Schumer show as an example because um, I mean the show I think did well from the beginning and I think we I think our show got really nice responses from the beginning mm-hmm. as well but like that I think that's an example of a show that found its voice as it went on yeah you know? yeah um, and 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 a lot of shows are like that like it's you know not every show is 
Chappelle show, which the black white <laughs> right. supremacist is in the first episode. Like, yes. like people don't yes. remember. Like, it's like after the yes. after the fact, you're like, oh yeah, and then they got to that black white supremacist episode, uh, sketch, and you think it's like later on or something in the show, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, that was the pilot. That was the first episode. Yeah, you know, like some shows are that, and then other shows uh, take time to find uh, to find their voice. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and like yeah, and I and I fully agree. It feels like to you know like sketch shows need more than a season you know absolutely (laughs) absolutely absolutely so before we get into the nitty-gritty of tales from the hood we're gonna play a little game that i like to play with all my guests called who's invited All right, I'm nervous. Everyone is. It's so funny. This is the third time we're doing this, and everyone is so nervous. And then after, they're just like, yeah, I had a great time. And like, (laughs) it was so surprising. And um, so basically, the rules of the game is that I will kind of go through a list of black films directed by white people and kind of a rapid fire kind of way. And um, these are films that I'm wondering from your perspective, if these films get invited to the cookout or not. And this is not to give, you know, white people a pat on the back for doing the bare minimum. It's so that we can kind of think more critically about these movies that are black, that are directed by white people, so that we kind of know that either, you know, going in or afterwards, we're kind of thinking more about the craft and the way the storytelling went from start to finish. So, um... (laughs) You can't pass on any of them. Okay. If you haven't seen a movie, you just kind of have to go on your instinct. So the responses must either be yes, sir, (laughs) if the film is invited, or bye, Felicia, (laughs) if the film is not invited. Okay. Um, So let's do a little practice round. Okay. Uh, some that I think that are like classics. Um, so first example, coming to America. <laughs> yes, sir. Awesome. <laughs> uh, the last black man in San Francisco. <sighs> yes, sir. Eh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Django Unchained. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Ah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful practice round. The real round of the game will be one minute, and I will try to get as rapid fire as I can. Okay. And the more that you get through, the better, in my opinion. Okay. So I think at the end of the show, when this show ends, we're going to tally up all the responses. <laughs> From all of the guests, and then we're gonna send out some official invitations. My practice you know? round, though, does. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone also always does that too. My friend Shay said, "Ooh!" As soon as I said "Yes, sir," to Hidden Figures, I immediately regretted it. Yes, sweet. So right. I'm gonna put the clock on, and yes, sir. Hustle and flow. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> Amistad. Bye, Felicia. Ah, uh, how high? Yes, sir. 
CB4. Yes, sir. <laughs> Above the rim. Oh, bye, Felicia. <laughs> Booty call. Yes, sir. <laughs> Half baked. Uh, bye, Felicia. Uh, the preacher's life. Yes, sir. Life. Yes, sir. Good burger. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> What's love got to do with it? Uh, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> it's just a here. Blue streak. Uh, Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Word, amazing. That was the last one. You did so well. Wow, I'm I I don't like any of my answers. <laughs> I, I want to invite all. I want to invite all of them to the cookout, and I also want to say no to like most. The, it's like get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. And sometimes you rewatch these movies, and you're just like, damn, this was directed by a white person. <laughs> I know. We had, we had, I had just watched Above the Rim for the podcast, and I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yep, I was like, yep. Oh, goodness. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went to go see that this weekend. Someone was playing it. I almost feel like it was like a BAM screening or something or a drive-in. But I was going to see it this week, but I was too busy because I haven't seen it either, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard of its reputation. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And same with this movie, actually, that we're going to get into today. The nitty gritty of Tales from the Hood. You are here for one reason. One reason only. To learn. To learn. To learn. Oh, yeah. So, Tales from the Hood is from 1995. Again, amazing year. We've already, this is the ninth episode, we've already covered so many 1990, <laughs> 1995 films. Uh, Waiting to Exhale, Friday, Higher Learning, and now this Damn, one. Damn, all 95? Yes, yes, all what 95. A <laughs> what a fucking year. This film is directed by Rusty Kundeef. And a little summary of this film in general, if you're not familiar with it. It's an anthology horror film. It's about a funeral director played by, very scarily, by Clarence Williams yes. III. Yes. Uh, side note about him, he also plays a very scary role in this horror movie that's basically for kids called The House of Dies Drear, which is based on a book. <laughs> really good but he's scary as fuck in yeah. this movie. <laughs> and it's supposed to be for kids, and he's scary as fuck in Tales from the Hood, too. So this guy is the funeral director. He tells these three drug dealers looking to score drugs at his funeral home four different stories of horror that occur in the hood. All of these stories connect to various bodies and items in the funeral home, and they also connect to various aspects of the black experience. Um, also, this film features David Allen Greer, Yes. Paula J. Parker, who was also on Friday. She had a good year that year. Yes. Roger Guinevere Smith and Rosalind mm-hmm. Cash in her final performance. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited to, whenever I see Roger now, I just get excited f- to see him in this possible upcoming Frederick Douglass film. He's supposed to be oh. doing it with Spike. Oh, okay. <laughs> if it happens, you know, who knows, you know, I did, what yeah. movies are going to look like. And, you know, it's, it'd be really cool to see a them collaborate again, of course, and to see mm-hmm. um, a new Spike movie that just has him on the writing credit. It's been a while. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple fun facts that I wonder if you know, James. I'm sure you know this one, of course. That Spike Lee executive produced Tales from the Hood. Yes, but I didn't realize that until my not this recent rewatch, but the last time I rewatched it, like yeah. seeing the name in the credits. I'm yeah, like, what the hell? yeah. <laughs> it starts off with like forty acres and a mule, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Does Spike have something to do with this? I would have loved to have seen his reaction to like reading the script and him like chuckling and finding this so like darkly humorous and also cathartic yeah. and also falls in line in many ways with what he believes. So mm-hmm. I can see that working behind the scenes. Another fun fact is that some of the dolls in the KKK comeuppance sequence were reused in the film Team America World Police because, what? because they were designed by the Chiodo brothers who are a trio of brothers from the Bronx who are claymation and stop-motion artists. They also worked on Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Elf, and they also wrote and directed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So uh, these dudes... uh, Yeah, I thought that this was so interesting uh, that some of these show up in Team America, World Police, and I think it's a satire that's more... that we're more ready for now Mm -hmm. than back Mm -hmm. when it came out. (laughs) And last fun fact is that Rusty Cundiff's parents are both in this movie. His father plays the funeral priest in the KKK comeuppance sequence, and his mom plays a character named Miss Cobbs. Who was Miss Cobbs? Like, I don't remember Miss Cobbs. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember a Miss Cobbs. Maybe that... Well, in the in the second story, uh, in the second story, they're at the they're at the school. Maybe like just one of the right, teachers or right. something. But I don't remember <laughs> exactly. I just remember there being um, a nurse, and that she is, I think, is the the woman who was the mom in That's a Raven, okay. and she was in Bill Cosby's ooh, his second show. <laughs> 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 that Jeremy Smith was also in. Um, But I even looked up pictures of his mom and I was like, who is she? Like, (laughs) maybe I'll watch it again and like see, you know? So what was your first experience with this movie? I I remember, I I don't remember seeing it all the way through as a kid. Um, I remember being like scared of it. Um, But I remember it being like the, 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 like, it being the black scary movie. Like, yes, remember, yes. <laughs> like, as a kid, it was like, oh, yeah, like Tales from the Hood. It was like the only reference for like black horror for a long time. Yes. For, for yes. me, anyway. Um, obviously, black horror existed and there mm-hmm. were examples, but. Um, and like, yeah, I remember being terrified of, of Clarence Williams III. Um, so I re- scary. I remember the twist, like, like, killing me like just that being so like scary and like at the end oh yeah oh my god oh my god the dolls i have an image of the dolls running um down the hall you know and like flipping onto him i that has been burned in my brain yeah for for, since for you know for 25 years yes (laughs) for for 25 years Oh my god! I, I yeah, really just absolutely loved it. Yeah, uh, the first time that I actually saw it was you know just this past week was my first watch. I like to have the guests on the show pick the film, so I was very excited that you picked something that I had not seen before. Yeah. Uh, I definitely hadn't seen when I was a kid because 
similar to you, I was scared shitless <laughs> of everything. I'm such a big fan of horror now, but I saw Poltergeist when I was in the fourth grade, mm-hmm. and it fucked me up. That film, obviously, like part of the genius of it is that it preys on the fears of kids. Yeah. So I was scared of my closet. I was scared of clowns. I was scared of trees. Mm-hmm. I was scared of pools. <laughs> I was scared of white Just girls it. with blonde hair. Like yeah. I was scared of TV. Static yes, on the TV. Yes. <laughs> exactly. My brother likes to tell a story of me. Um, you know, we rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah. And he yeah. likes to tell the story of me praying and crying at the same time that I was like praying, God, please help me. I am so scared. Uh, so that another, was back I, in the day. Another thing I remember being meaningful to me as a kid was was David Allen Greer being in it because Ooh. knowing him as like, a, you know, just like a, a comedian, like yes. and playing this this role, this, this uh, you know, evil uh, <laughs> stepdad, like, it was Jesus. like, it, and and I don't know if it was, it might have been like my first time seeing something like that. Like someone who played a character so outside of what I'm used to seeing them do. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And speaking of, we were talking before about like those comedians like stretching their range and like kind yeah. of like, and he didn't necessarily like cross over with this role, even though he has done some drama here and there. I feel like he kind of like dips in and out, but He's, we'll get to his part, but he's fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. Jesus. It's crazy. So, uh, before we get into each of these stories, the uh, title of the episode is, you know, Adventures in Reparations and the Reaper. So, I wanted to talk about reparations in general for a little bit up top. Um, The definition of reparations is the very literal definition is uh, making amends for a wrong one has done by paying money to or otherwise helping those who have been wronged. There are different forms of reparation. There, I think, are like um, ones that are more like legal based and one that are more like justice based that kind of get the gist of. And, um, you know, they say if the reparations are well designed, they acknowledge the victim's suffering, offer measures of redress, as well as some form of compensation or restitution to the victims. Wow. So that's to say. Does reparations, reparations exist? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's to say that though we do think of reparations mostly monetarily, um, in terms of like, uh, kind of like the immediacy, there are so many other things and other parts of it. And I think the Black Lives Matter movement and talking about defunding the police, that's part of that shit. Because, you know, the origins of the police are very much rooted in racism. So in order to truly atone, you got to do something about that shit. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, monetary things, but there's also things that take on... um, significance as well that aren't necessarily monetary that do acknowledge the shit that we went through. Like, for example, I think that all black people in America should be able to go to college for free. I don't think that's too much to ask for people whose ancestors literally built this country. And we want to excel and further education and go as far as we want because that's kind of what you told us we gotta do. Give it to (laughs) us for free, you know? Like, I don't understand, like... Yeah, Why? and you know? and and something like that would be. I mean, it would be uh, immediately. Uh, uh, people would immediately have an uproar <laughs> against something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, but it, but it, Absolutely. it, it really it, it really would be a form of reparations to do that. Uh, you know, which and it wouldn't. It, I mean, it wouldn't 
obviously would never nothing fully makes up for anything that's that's exactly. why I'm like death reparations exactly. really exist but like but exactly you know like the particularly the thing of acknowledging the suffering like to 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 waive the cost of colleges for black people would really be like yeah you've suffered enough like that mm-hmm. fe- it feels like that's a part of that gesture yeah right it's like we are going to lift this like other potential financial burden off of you yeah and you know how many of our ancestors probably like built some of those colleges. Yeah, you know what I'm saying these old ass buildings and shit, and like I, I, part my, of the infrastructure. And- my in my father in law was like, yeah, there were slave quarters. There were slave quarters on the college campus, like, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah. what? And like, and he was like, yeah, my and my dorm was. I think it was like a converted slave quarters, and Jesus. like the yeah, and and to even think it's like it became a hall where where for so long black people weren't even allowed to go in. You know, like it's like oh <laughs> lord, wild. That's crazy. That is that is absolutely crazy. And there's also in this movie we were saying before there is an aspect of uh, such an aspect of death <laughs> in all of these stories, along with a, in a kind of idea that is, uh, if not exactly a reparation, adjacent to a kind of reparation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this first story called Rogue Cop Revelation, wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. <laughs> this story is about a black cop First day on the job, his name is Clarence, and on his first day of the job, he witnesses these fellow cops of his that are white that work in his department beating the shit out of this black politician named Martin Morehouse who speaks out against the cops, and this is why, you know, part of the reason why they're going after him, and they also kill him, and they basically tell Clarence to, like, shut up, don't say anything about it. So a year later... Clarence is obviously having some issues from that, some like PTSD from seeing this black man get beaten up and killed by his colleagues. Yeah. Um, And so he sees a mural of uh, Morehouse and Morehouse tells him to bring the white cops to him at his grave, his resting place, and then all hell breaks loose. The ghost literally. slash zombie. <laughs> yeah. literally. literally. Literally comes out of the ground, breaks loose, and just fucks up all of those cops. And so obviously in this story, the Reaper is Morehouse, the ghost, the yeah. zombie of Morehouse. And also in a way Clarence, because... Uh, at the end, it's a little twist of just like, you know, I obviously believe it being a genre movie that um, there actually was the ghost and the zombie that was out there. And then there's also the twist at the end when they're like, this man murdered. Him. He yeah. went off. He murdered three cops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he mm-hmm. went off. And, you know, who would blame him? <laughs> right. <laughs> who would blame him? <laughs> And uh, the reparations in this is fucking up those racist-ass cops. Like, that, it just feels so cathartic Mm -hmm. when you're watching it. You're just like, ah, like, 
I want the first this is what I dude, see. The first dude, the, the <laughs> hand comes out of the dirt and grabs his junk and pulls yes. him in by that. Yes. Slams yes. his head into the, the tombstone. <laughs> it's so it's so grisly. I mean, all of these stories, people die violent oh, death. Yeah. Oh yeah. Violent, violent death. Um oh yeah, it's it's uh it's very arresting, no pun intended, that <laughs> moment of being pulled down and like all of the deaths are just like so they're, grisly they're and extreme. All brutal, but every time I've rewatched this, I just want the guy who actually pees on his grave to be the one that gets pulled in by by yes. his dick. It's like it, Amen. it's it's Amen. like even though you know we see him get his head ripped off, like which is like yeah. it's not like that's not horrible, <laughs> right? But, but still, I agree. Yeah, he's the one who who actually peed on the gravestone. It's like that's mm-hmm. the dick you want ripped off, like <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he also appears to be like the main, like the head honcho yeah. of the group. Yeah, um, in both sequences, like that sequence to blood on the leaves when they're beating up Morehouse is like. Wow, just like really, really, really great filmmaking, period. Mm -hmm. Um, It brings up a lot of feelings and a lot of just like, you just see the cops and the horror movie has begun. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't even really do anything. And I was like, ah, like so triggered, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like, and, and... And that's the thing about movies like this that that I I I love, and it's also, but it's it, that is also a shame of like you know when we see the cops we're immediately triggered. But I wonder if if a white person sits down and watches this movie and immediately sees the cops if they're triggered in the same way, you know. True. Um, true. Uh, but but yeah, we already know what what we're getting ourselves into, and they also do a good job of like of of how they show how Clarence is uh, how he, him being a, a bystander, how implicit in it he is. You know, like, it's like... True. Because he, he, you know, they keep cutting to him doing the search for who he is. But yeah, while, yeah. while he must hear him being beaten up, like, he, it's not like he exactly, doesn't hear exactly, that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You have to, because he really wasn't far away. He, right. Exactly. Right. Ugh, it's wild. Wild. That's so true. And then you know the the ghost zombie of Morehouse even confronting him on that, being like, "Brother, you were there. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. where were you? Where? Yeah. Why didn't you do anything? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and then and and then seemingly the ghost is like, "You now live with this. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. live with this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Damn, it's rough. It's it's so." It's so relevant. There is so much catharsis in there, but then there is, yeah, that realness, the the you know, kind of being implicit implicit in in many ways being like a bystander. And that's yeah. probably part of the reason that's like another reason why he's so tortured cuz I feel like he probably knows that himself like deep inside, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like blames blames himself a little bit. He shouldn't blame himself too much. Right. Because you know. <laughs> right, right. Because I mean, why why was he a cop if not to do good, right? Like the you, you, we right. can tell that that's why he's there and what he's exactly. doing, you know. Um, yeah. Uh and and but it's like the thing that's haunting him is like he's like He's like, I let, I let you trick me, you know? He's like, I, yes. <laughs> but like, 
you know they're not taking him to the hospital. They just beat him to exactly. a po- like, <laughs> like exactly. You, he exactly. did know that they weren't gonna do that. Like he exactly. He, he, yeah, <laughs> you have to. You absolutely have to. I knew. <laughs> yeah, everybody else knew, brother. Everybody else knew. Come on, bro. Uh, so the the next story is called uh, "Boys Do Get Bruised." Uh, can you give us your little brief summary, brief spin on yes, this one? Yes, yes, yes. Boys do get bruised. It's a, it's about a kid who um, uh, is showing signs of of, a, of abuse um, in in school, um, uh, but he. Uh, claims that it's a mon- there's a monster in his new house um, mm-hmm. that 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 showed up when they moved to this new house um, and uh, he's trying to exercise the demon by by drawing it um, and it 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 but it basically becomes like kind of a voodoo kind of like yeah. the, the, what he draws is connect the 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 physical being that that he draws is connected to the paper, um, and it turns mm-hmm. out that the monster who we see sometimes as a monster and hear sometimes as a monster is actually his new stepdad um, or yes. even his mom's boyfriend. We I don't know if we know right. if they're if they are actually uh, married or not. Um, totally. Uh, and the, 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 but the magic ends up being real. Like he draws a, a school bully and the, the bully is, is uh, when, when the teacher crumples up the paper, the bully literally breaks his legs and arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and he ultimately vanquishes the monster by folding up the paper into a bunch of pieces and, and destroying mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, Brandon Hammond plays little boy. He yes. also had a good year. He yeah. was in Waiting to Exhale playing. He was in um, every. I mean, when did Space Jam Elijah. come out? Spa- was Space Jam around oh, the same true. time too? He plays Fuck, young Michael was Jordan around in the that. same time. <laughs> yeah, and wasn't he also in? He's in Soul Food, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's in Soul Food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like the lead. He, he's he, the lead. He had a good time. And so, and so, yeah, he had a good. He had a good little time in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's really good in this. He, um, I don't know. I feel like he plays this character so perfectly in terms of like, there isn't anything outward that you think someone would get on him about, you know, in terms of like being bullied and being like, kind yeah. of, you know, messed around with, you know, I feel like a lot of times in the nineties, it's either like a fat joke or like a gay mm-hmm, joke. And he's mm-hmm. neither one of those. He just appears mm-hmm. to be like a kid who may be like a little quiet, but mm-hmm. I feel like, um, that casting was perfect as well as just the way that he plays him. So earnestly, he never plays it like feel bad for me. He's just like, this is what's happening. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Which is being so like, honest, uh, you know. Which I, I mean, I don't know anything about it sp- specifically, but like, in 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 a lot of times where I see, where you see representations of abuse, at least in the media now, that sort of like is the reaction. It's not like they're they because you know a, a, this is what the child has is has to succumb to on a daily basis there right. it's like it just is normal you know like exact, they, they internalize exactly. it as like, this is a normal thing you know it just is the exactly. monster it's the monster and he you know and my mom doesn't believe me and you know and there's nothing i can do you know like exactly it, yeah um, yeah yeah and then trying to get this teacher on his side who is played by the director rusty cundeef mm-hmm. um and trying to get him involved uh, in things, which ends up working, which is good. Someone who heard something and then 
did something about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> it's really good to to have that happen. It doesn't yes. happen enough. <laughs> it does <laughs> not. It really doesn't. And like, I feel like um, the part where he destroys his bully is definitely something that I would have. That's a power I would have loved to have had as a yeah. young person. Mm-hmm. Just like in terms of. You know, people getting on you about X, Y, and Z, just having the power to be like, um, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to draw you and fuck you up, you know? And but I like, think it's, it, but it's also interesting the way that they, that they portray it in this, because the way that the bully gets messed up is the teacher cr- crumples the paper. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not true. even that he takes He it does it. You know, because he's, because... We sort of see that, like, he's he thinks about it, but he's not gonna go there. You know, he has right, this picture right, of the right. monster, right. and he's not gonna he's not gonna stand up to either of of them. You know, right. it was never his intention to do that. You know, he's I'm, I, and who knows why? You know, is he is he is he just too too pure of heart, or is he just scared to do it? Or you know, absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, super interesting. And keeping him in that way, keeping him a very like solely good person who has like <laughs> very good morals about him. So you know that when he does use it, I yeah. mean, beyond what you see, you're just like, oh, he's using this for like a good <laughs> yeah. reason. All <laughs> yeah. the evidence like piles up. Mm-hmm. When you see David Allen Greer, he is so scary. Yeah. He again playing it so real. Um, I think when people kind of devalue genre performances, they are devaluing kind of the commitment that people still have in these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, he acts, I mean, Paula J. Parker is also good in this part. Oh, yeah. They're all just acting their asses off in this, you know, uh, horror movie tinged with dark comedy. This is the one with like, the, the least amount of like dark humor in it, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and David Allen Greer only has the one. <clears throat> It's like the one scene, really, right? Because yeah, like that's he, it. he just comes in for for this uh, last set piece, and he just goes for it, and Absolutely. like and like you know he really commits to that to that role, like lifts the kid all the way up, and you're like, Woof. you just feel <sighs> like he's a yes. monster. And yes. the, I thought that this was shot really well. This done really well too, because they would when we saw the monster and heard him sound like a monster but we're seeing David Allen Greer and then the second the the mom comes into the room we now hear David Allen Greer's actual voice like we hear yes. how he's no longer mutated like a monster it's like yes. no this is what's happening it's still monstrous yes. and scary yeah. it's still oh it's so it is so so unsettling to and I was talking about this a little bit um, a couple uh, episodes ago, we talked about Precious very briefly, but mm-hmm. there is something in that same kind of way of like seeing Monique kind of be this scary person, seeing someone that you love in a certain way, yeah. mm-hmm. acting this way. Because we all love David Allen Greer. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's beloved. To this day. He was so <laughs> great in Carmichael show. Oh, and yeah. like, you know, to this day, he's still just like one of the best and the funniest and seems like such a cool dude. So to see him do this is just. It is bananas and mm-hmm. so, so, so good. Yeah. Um, so the Reaper in this is Walter, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. The kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I love. And um, the reparation aspect of this is, you know, Walter freeing himself from this situation and his mom as well from this abuse. And, you know, 
uh, domestic abuse happens everywhere. It's not yeah. obviously just in black homes, but it is good to see as a black person a black family that is freed from that. Yeah. Um, there is something very, very poignant and moving about it. It happens in the most grisly way possible with like David Allen Greer's body being like folded up and burned, but in the inside you're just like, yes. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. You know? Yeah. And there and there's there's something to I think you, you already touched on it, but there's something to the like the getting the support, like getting support from someone, you yes. know. Um, yes. Uh, and like and we 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 see all sides, you know, like we see uh, the mom is like, I don't wanna I, I can't we can't move again. Like this is too right. like it's too hard. Yeah. Like we just can't yeah. you know, and what and whatever devotion is that she um has for this man, you know, is still is 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 there, and the, and it's complicated, right? It becomes a it can mm-hmm. become a complicated uh, thing for people. Um, it's true. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. They make it very clear very quickly, and um, kind of subtly in a way of the reasons why this isn't a situation where she can just bounce. I think people yeah. love when they're talking about like abusive relationships. Why don't just you just leave? leave? Why don't they leave? It's what do you like, mean? oh my God, like what do the you levels mean? and things like she you know also many has a child. People don't, exactly. No one, no one just most people don't just do anything, right? Like exactly. it's like, <laughs> like exactly. you, it's so hard to, there are so many uh, blocks and walls and and you know things that we just take we that like you might take for granted if you are yeah. you know in a different position you know um, absolutely uh, and absolutely. and it's 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 hard to just do something <laughs> absolutely absolutely and the kind of support system that we get in these certain systems in real life. Mm-hmm. Usually is not effect as effective as it is in this movie. Oh yeah, you know, oh, telling yeah. an educator that you have this issue, the educator taking it seriously mm-hmm. and wanting to find out and get to the bottom of it, and not only doing that, just like and going to the house, but staying as yeah. well, and kind of like my man could have lost his job for doing something like that. Oh, absolutely. He <laughs> He doesn't have jurisdiction in that home. Like exactly, exactly, exactly. Thankfully, it went the way that it went. Exactly. Uh, so good. That one was very deeply affecting. This next one is bananas, and I think <laughs> might be my favorite out of the four. Yeah. So this third one is called KKK Comeuppance. Uh, this one is about a politician. I think he's a senator, and yeah. uh, he is a former KKK member and is still, of course, incredibly racist. I mean, racist politicians talk about the relevance uh, yeah. that's happening in the <laughs> world goodness. right now and has and he, always and been happening in the world. Into- a, yeah, he, he moves into a, a what was it? It was a former. What was the house? The house was like a Confederate, or it was like some. Yeah, kind of, I think it was a plantation. A plantation. I it was think. a former plantation. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a former plantation. plantation. And this guy, this politician, you know, setting up a house, being a racist and well-known racist, setting up a house on a plantation uh, where enslaved people lived. It's very controversial. There are protests, etc. And this one dude at the protest is like, "Listen." <laughs> 
<laughs> there are some dolls in that house that are possessed with the uh, souls of tortured, enslaved people that was like run by this woman. And you see the painting of the woman and all her dolls. And Ooh. of course... You know this politician and um, his 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 black counterpart, his coon counterpart, played by <laughs> Roger Guinevere Smith. They don't believe it, but those dolls start to come out, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the dolls start to fuck shit up, and Woo. it is so so good. So the it's, Reaper here obviously is the dolls. <laughs> yes, yes, or even yes. the one like the woman who. <laughs> <laughs> the woman yes. who, because it's like, does she control those dolls? When she That's shows true. up at the end, you're like, what? <laughs> She's, She's just like, there, like looking at him in the chair. Yeah, just oh mm-hmm. my god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's basically <laughs> that whole moment of her is just being like, mm-hmm, you cracker, like. <laughs> And Here the, they are. That I, and I only noticed that on this rewatch. But that the the guy who plays um, the that that uh, KKK guy is mm-hmm. uh, is Corbin Burnson, who is a, a big actor who's in all kinds of things. But I know him from Psych. Is, is what I I know. Oh him. shit! He's the dad on Psych, and I <laughs> I have seen this movie since being a, a Psych fan, and but it didn't catch. I didn't catch it until this yes. time. Yes, and something yes. I, not to like, and this it goes goes with another thing that you said earlier. But like, not to give, not to give white people too much props. But a thing that I'm noticing that I'm I enjoy is the when a white person is like. I'll play a bad white person in a movie written and directed by black people. Like, like, yes, because because <laughs> yes. it's it's one thing to be like the the one in the movie in the in the hidden figures or whatever. That's like it's like okay, right. I know that <laughs> right. I know that the white gaze is very prevalent. Mm-hmm. Y'all getting the pass. I'm gonna look good with this one. Mm-hmm. But like the the people that are just like the, the Corbin was like, yeah, I'll say you little nigglets. Like, he was like yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I was wondering, is that the origin of the word niggler? Niggler, it's gotta be. It's gotta uh, be. I almost fell out when he said that, and I wrote that in my notes. I was right. I was origin of nigglets. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Oh my god! I fell off of my bed when that shit happened. Oh my god! And obviously, the reparations here are literally destroying this uh, KKK politician and therefore his legacy. Yes, just like deading it, just getting yes. it out of there. We see him crying, holding the American flag, <laughs> and he, t- my man, tries to beat up the doll with the American. Yes, He's like, "I'm gonna yes. beat you with this American flag," and then they mm-hmm. just rip him apart it's it's yes. really really uh, satisfying <laughs> it is so it, again the kind of relevancy that this has and also the catharsis that this yes. has is just yes. like ah it feels so good and there's a laundry list of people who we could probably think of that we want to get some dolls on you know mm-hmm, what i'm saying a mm-hmm. laundry list of people <laughs> and it's crazy specifically right now in this country because We've always known that they don't really care about us, but yeah. now everybody is seeing that. Yeah, people are seeing it, and it's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people are seeing also those these liberal white politicians as well dealing with certain issues and, like, not not making the cut. Not, yeah. not making the cut. Yeah. Um, 
to me right now, I'm just like AOC or bust, you know? I fucks <laughs> right. with her and like, if you fucks with her and you're on her level, then like, sure, we're good, good. you know? Cool, cool. We're good. <laughs> but other than that, like, it's this, this whole situation has just been largely disappointing, but not surprising on so many levels. For sure. And watching this during all of this happening mm-hmm. was like, uh, how did you know, Rusty? How did you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah. It's uh, it 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 speaks volumes, and you yeah. know, and it's so relevant now. I mm-hmm. another thing. I another thing. I just want to say this is a this is not a, about what you just said, but a thing that I'm that is so terrifying about about this that they do so well in terms of like the directing, or maybe it's even the writing and both is. The, the 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 ways in which we see we know that a doll is coming before we we see them like yes the, oh the fact that like the 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 painting we'll just see that we'll see the silhouette of them now yes you know it's like they're yes. they they jumped out of it you know yeah like how as, as the the scene is going on we see more and more and the moment yes. when he when he looks at the painting and it's empty <laughs> they're all gone bruh it's yes. empty <laughs> it's so terrible and I love what they do now that you mention it with like shadows and also yeah. sound you can like hear their little like hear the pitter patter <laughs> it's Ooh. so good and also reminds me have you ever seen um, this segment from this uh, another anthology horror movie called Trilogy of Terror movies from 1975 Google Zuni Hunter doll after this and there's oh this God. Zuni Hunter doll that terrorizes this white woman in her apartment and it is crazy it is so terrifying it's like this little this little doll with like a, a pitchfork that can like do some damage yeah and oh this my goodness definitely reminded me of that isn't that this scary is terrifying <laughs> but, terrifying but now that I see it I feel like I've seen you might have. I don't know if I've seen this like this movie, but I feel like I've right. seen this image before. Yeah, I haven't seen the whole movie. I've just seen that segment of it because my dad would talk about it. It's it's creepy. I recommend all y'all, everybody. Yes. Google this shit. Take a look at this segment. It's crazy. This is also reminding me though. Have you seen Tales from the Hood too? I mean, I guess you've just now seen no. Tales from the Hood for the first time. Mm-mm. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it is comes anywhere close to, to the brilliance of the first Tales from the Hood, but they yes. they do some they do some fun stuff. You know, I I saw that and I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I still might check it out. I mm-hmm. feel like you know. Committing to this one, it's like, you know, why not? Why not? Have a little <laughs> yeah. fun, like, little viewing, you know? Uh, the last story is called Hardcore Convert. Can you give us your little yeah, so spin Hardcore on this Convert, one? yeah. A, 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 uh, a man um, is shot before going, into, um, before going into his home by, uh, like, by a black man. So it's a black man is shot by, by another black man. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, three guys come out and uh, shoot up that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But before shooting him dead, um, cops show up and uh, and hail bullets into all of them. So like the 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 the, the three guys that came out of the the, the house get shot, um, and uh, and the guy realizes, damn, I've been saved by a bunch of cops. It turns yeah. out he ends up getting pull, put into a program <laughs> that basically 
is is making him confront uh, the history of of violence on black bodies in yes. in history in in in, in in America, I think specifically. Yes. Yes. In America, and and his connection to that, like you know, the black on black crime, and how is that any different than? It seems like they're sort of saying, how is that mm-hmm. any different than mm-hmm. uh, than what the KKK did, than what the and the and we see so many, and this felt very Spike Lee to me. Now that you mentioned like the the thumbprint that sort of Spike Lee has yeah. as an EP on this, like just sort of showing the the actual images the black yes. and white images the of, actual footage yeah of, of uh, black people being killed white people smiling next to next to yes. hanging black bodies yes and then and then uh, and then just and then uh, dramatized uh, gang violence mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 it, they're just they're they're asking him to to you know to to sort of to really sort of reckon with reconcile with like how is that different like how is what you do <laughs> any different than that right um, right uh and it's 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 they they connect them to tubes and and you it's know and crazy. and they're pumping the images into in, into him um yeah. and it ends with him being like and he then talks to the ghosts of people that he's killed people collateral yeah. collateral yes, damage yeah um, yeah that's so true uh, and <laughs> and 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 then people that he you know people that he that he definitely targeted and people that were that were collateral damage and like and he it, he basically denies it the whole time you know he's like you know bullets mm-hmm. don't have a name on it like you were in the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong time like like he 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 ends up telling them that he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> like he's like i don't give word a fuck. and word. then and then and we realize that all of this is happening in his mind as he dies yep <laughs> as he's dying there and yep. uh, and he's then laid to waste by the by the three uh, uh, guys that came out of the house and like and it's then revealed though that the three guys that came out of the house <laughs> are the three guys that have been <laughs> walking through this funeral home yeah uh, and who've been getting the stories <laughs> that have been getting all the stories this whole time uh, yeah. uh, and and this is this the, basically they have been going deeper and deeper into this funeral home which is going deeper and deeper into hell they, their their bodies are there inside the caskets they they perfectly walk to their caskets yep, yep. <laughs> it's shit like this that I on I honestly love like i i i i love that they all walked to their caskets <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> you know what i mean like it's and i you know the, the tricks that the devil can play on us right of, of just like yes yeah you're standing next to your casket mm-hmm. I, you know mm-hmm. you got the shit where where would i put the shit if not where where uh, he says to them they're in the coffins where else would i put it <laughs> yeah yes and the reveal that Clarence Williams III, the funeral director, is like the devil. Is the devil. And he like unzips and it's such an insane, insane ending. But and, in and general Oh, go ahead, go ahead. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? Well, just as 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 an adult watching this, I realize how darkly comic so much of this movie yes, is. Absolutely. As a kid, it was only scary. 
right? Just like, fucking in '95, I was just terrified the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like, but as an adult watching all of this, you know, between like Niglets and like all of, <laughs> and, like, and the whole discussion about the shit. Yeah, the shit, the shit, the shit. Oh yeah, the shit. And then as 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 he's taking them down to their as he's taking them down to to their um coffins, he's like the dude, the boo, the. The doo doo, the the, the poo, yeah, the ch- like he's just call- he's calling it all so kind crazy. Of yeah, I got they're it. like now Clarence improvise with shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's like yes, yes. <laughs> the boo boo, so amazing. I it the really, boo-boo. really, and they're there burning up. They're like, what the hell is this shit, man? Yes, what is this, yep, man? Like yep. it's and the it's, movie just ends. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so good. It's perfect. what I. Came up against the first uh, time watching this story was that, like, I didn't necessarily, I understood, but did not necessarily love the equating of the white absolutely. violence on black bodies to gang violence Ab- absolutely. and black on black violence. Yeah. And, and I would say that I don't, I don't think, I think it, it goes deeper than this. It is not just, and it does. It is yes, not just it that it's the same, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, you know there it 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 because you know the the argument can be made and should be made for like look at what they've done to us you know like yes exactly <laughs> and i think that's more of what it's saying at the end of the day right. you know and, by and, showing but, the history of it and and but him being like i don't give a fuck it's like damn <laughs> you know yeah, like it is. it's like it really even is. after all of that you still look at look at what this has done to him. You know, as he's yes. dying, he still doesn't he doesn't give a fuck. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this the style of this one too. I was watching this and I was like, oh, this is like the real Black Mirror. This yeah. would be if there was a show called The Real Black Mirror where it was black <laughs> folks and shit. That's this would be the pilot. This is the pilot right here. I got one hundred percent. And yeah, it's, and yeah. I love how they I mean like you know it's watching it now like and having seen it multiple times and I don't even know if this worked for you when the th- when the when the three guys come out of the house do you do you think it's them did you yeah. think it was them yeah and mm-hmm. it's like they do all this and I, I think as a kid I think it was more of a twist to me but yeah 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 like like watching it now it's like they they do a lot they cast them in shadow we never see <laughs> we never see their faces and when they talk they distort their voices yeah like, they do it, it, like i'm like man they really want us to they really want us to not they want think to throw you these, off the scent <laughs> these dudes <laughs> and it's interesting because i think there are some ways in which they could have trusted their very strong storytelling because even though I knew it was them, a good twist is not about the information. It's really about how the characters are reacting to that twist, the yes. emotional connection. So still, it still works. Seeing them by their caskets, seeing them burned up, it's still just like, mm-hmm. it's still a moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, it does, still, it does still work for sure. For sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do. They go through a lot. They're just like, but okay. I, I, I couldn't believe, and I don't even know if I realized that the first few times. But I couldn't believe the number of hoops. Like they were like, they're going to be in yes. darkness. Also, their their voices are going to be slightly pitched down. It's like, why? Yeah, they, yeah, 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 exactly. What was exactly. the point of that much? Exactly. Dis- <laughs> so much like cloaking over. Yeah. 
So at first, I wasn't really sure. Uh, so the Reaper is many oh, people in this. It's one. many. It's, it's many. It's mm-hmm. it's many. It's like I mean, and there's levels to it. It's the three guys. It's also the guy who's not atoning for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the devil as well. And I was kind of stuck a little bit on the reparation aspect of it. And the only thing I could really kind of um, get to, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this too, yeah. the kind of uh, idea and reality that um, gang members and gang violence were actually like a very, very big issue, especially in this area of California. So I'm wondering yeah. if part of the reparation aspect of this was like, all intents and purposes, getting rid of that and all these people going to hell and being like, this is what happens. <laughs> When you're in a gang, you can, like, go to hell or I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, I mean, because it does ultimately do that, right? Like, there's no yeah. every every gang member that speaks <laughs> in this goes to hell and die. Like, yeah, <laughs> literally yeah. is in hell and dead. Um, yeah. uh, and so, like, yeah, like it, 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 they, it, they are like, they, they're like, yeah, it, you, you will get your come up. It's come up in as well um oh shit y- yeah you know, you know what i mean um damn yeah uh, but it yeah but i think that also though you know i think that part of it being so this sequence especially being so comical you know is sort of like they're like you know they're like we don't have time to actually get into the the this goes deeper you <laughs> it know goes like they, deep. they 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 want you to know it goes deeper than this so we're just going to kind of we're going to really just sort of play up the comedy of this you know mm-hmm. and have it just kind of be like yeah and then these 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 dudes are assholes yeah. and they're going to get what's coming to exactly. them exactly you know exactly yeah um, yeah yeah Absolutely. Uh, because because we do also get we do also get the guys that are dead that get shot. They get to say like, "What was it all they for?" They get their voices. Like I, yeah. you know, I you, you should be. I should be here, man. Why don't we talk anymore? Oh, because you've killed me. You know, like right, right. Um, you know, so it it's it's not so much like gang to be in a gang is wrong, or to you know, or to to need that camaraderie is wrong, or whatever. Totally, it, absolutely. To need that support yeah, is wrong. the family. But it, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it but it does sort of go. They're like, okay, we gotta let's just. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> you know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because look at how he's whining. Like, That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bananas. This sequence is definitely the one that kind of does. Yeah, and that kind of like Black Mirror way does almost kind of feel like it's going into the sci-fi realm ever mm-hmm. so slightly, but mm-hmm. then comes back full horror at the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, and like you're something that you said too that um, is such a strength of this movie. This movie is not very long. The storytelling is very economic. Yeah, you get so much. You get four stories first of all. Actually, technically like five in a way because you get mm-hmm. the bookends with the mm-hmm. dudes at the funeral home. And you get everything that you need to know so quickly, and you just get everything about these characters and these situations, and you're emotionally connected to these characters so quickly. It's great. 100%. It's really good writing. It really is great. Yeah. It really, <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. is. <laughs> and, like, it should be talked about. It should definitely be talked about way more. 
I know? agree. I and agree. like, and and again, I mean, and I and I feel like I've actually said two. I've, I've, I'm about I'm about to shit on Tales from the Hood two again, but <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't deserve that. It doesn't deserve this. <laughs> but um, but Tales from the first Tales from the Hood is just so, it's such a well made film, and 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 so much is is explored you know absolutely um uh and it and it and it should be talked about more in more in in, in more avenues and more it should be in everyone's film I class it should agree. be um uh you know and like and don't let the 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 new one skew you because the new one is is yes. played more, it's like it is played more for comedy it is like ah uh, yeah it yeah. is more like it is more like a this is a b movie this is a B right, right, movie. right. Leaning into that rather than like the earnestness of what's happening in these situations. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's so interesting. And a lot of this actually parts of this remind me of this black horror film from the seventies called Ganja and Hess. Ganja and Hess is fucking crazy. It's not really <laughs> funny. It's but it's a black vampire movie from the seventies that was remade by Spike Lee as a film called The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Oh. Um, which I have not seen the remake, but there are lots of aspects of this that remind me of Ganja and Hess. It's crazy. Um, But in conclusion about this movie, this movie, Tales from the Hood, I think is like a super fun and weird and successful horror film. Oh, yeah. Um, It excellently uses the tools and the power of genre to convey different aspects of our experience. As we were just saying, I want more black horror. I want more black genre shit. We have uh, Good Hair coming out by Justin Simeon soon. You know, Jordan Peele's working on stuff. We got Nia DaCosta's Candy Man, yes. which I oh, cannot my goodness, I wait can't for. Wait. <laughs> uh, there's also, as James was saying, there's a sequel. It's not as popular or as well-received, but Keith David steps in for Clarence Williams, and I think that would make it worth That is why out. I watched it. <laughs> I, I watched it for Keith yes. David, and boy, does uh, that man act. <laughs> Legend. Keith David, what a legend. Um, so, Tales from the Hood is available to rent on Amazon and iTunes. Hopefully, a streaming service picks it up some point, but that's how you can get it now. All my life, I had to fight. So, if it is your first time at Avengers in Black Cinema, Every week on the show, we give out the You Better Act Award to a performance, a black performance, that I think deserves way more love than it has received by the general populace. And who is that even? But we give it more love on this show. And this week's You Better Act Award goes to, drumroll please, Betty Gabriel and Get Out. Uh, Betty Gabriel plays Georgina, the maid in the Armitage family home. This performance is so memorable and even one of the things perfect, pitch perfect. It's also, when I first saw the trailer, one of the things that stuck with me from the trailer because you see the no, 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 no (laughs) in the trailer. And similar to Lupita and us in that trailer where she's laughing as the tethered, you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, And this is such a true uh, supporting performance. There's so many layers to it, and you get more from it the more that you rewatch the movie, um, knowing that there's a white person trapped inside of her, or, yeah, or that the black person is in the sunken place and the whole white switcheroo has happened and that it is the Armitage-like grandmother. 
so many things about her performance become clear in those first couple scenes. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And it's also a true supporting performance. She's in, like, maybe 20 minutes total of the movie. Maybe. And it just sticks with you forever. And it's, like, kind of these awards and these even some of the critics awards it's like they're giving supporting role awards to people who are essentially a co-lead like yeah. Viola Davis should have been nominated and won best actress yeah, yeah. for Fences yeah. not best supporting and, the, and, and like that something like that is like clear, it is set up because the syst- they know that the system is so <laughs> fucked up that they're like exactly. this is how she'll win if this she's, is how she'll win she'll <sighs> win if if she's if she's this right it's um, crazy yeah yeah it's why but then someone like a Meryl Streep can get an Oscar for showing up for for being in a movie for like it's like she her total screen time was six minutes. You're like what? Like and it's like yeah, supporting exactly. actress or whatever. Exactly. And like here's your award, Meryl. <laughs> and and it's I mean, so and Meryl is great. It's not. Yeah, she'd be it's not to take away from her. Exactly. It's, yeah. From the system that you know does not support performances such as this that are truly making such an impact with the actual supporting actor actress screen time that you have, yeah. which can be so much more challenging than having all this screen time and all this time to develop your character and such. And to also have a performance again that you glean so much more from when you see it again. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also, uh, when I was reading the script, kind of seeing some of the stuff that she added just being a good fucking actor. Oh, And uh her collaborating with um, Jordan Peele. It's... It's really great, and I want to see her in more shit. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the the real thing here. It's like it's you know, <laughs> these people need to be elevated by yes. by these institutions, the Academy, yes. or what have you, whatever. Only because <laughs> without that, they they don't move forward. You know, we don't exactly. we don't see them in the in the in the level to which we could see them. You know? Absolutely. And I think about that. I think about the 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 no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All the that time. That goes on for like it's like what? It's like 40 seconds or something of her saying yes. no. <laughs> yes. And that and part too right crying. before that. Yes. And then cr- and that that part where um, you can tell that the black person in the sunken place is possibly trying to come up mm-hmm. and speak. And then you see her like suppressing it. She like takes a breath and she's like... <sighs> It's like, at first, when you first see it, you think she's just being weird, but then you're like, oh, I know exactly. There's that inner conflict happening, yeah. and she plays it all in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's a good-ass fucking actor. Like, yes. that's how you do it, folks. And I hate, as you were saying, when people kind of poo-poo awards and say, like, well, fuck them, we don't need them. It's just like, when you're a person of color, when you're a woman of color, the platform that that can give you and the opportunities that that can give you is like, should we dismantle that? Should we fuck that up? Absolutely, but that's the way it is. But that's the, the way present. it is right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if so... it's not dismantled, then you play the game this way. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that she's been in most recently is that um, miniseries I have not seen called Defending Jacob on Apple TV. I haven't Plus seen it. My wife Chris keeps Evans. telling me we got to watch it. We got to watch it. I mean, I would, I would check it out for her. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see her in more shit. I know she's in an episode of The Twilight Zone, but I haven't seen that either. Um, yeah, but to look so on her IMDb and not to see that there's like 10 projects coming up, I'm just like, 
I want I want more more Betty Gabriel, more Betty Gabriel. A hundred percent. And if you have not seen Get Out, folks, it is available to rent on Apple and also uh, Amazon as well. Uh, so closing for the show, some food for thought. What are some experiences that you've had as a black person living in America that could potentially fit in a horror film or some other kind of genre film? You know, this is definitely a harder food for thought, so like only share what you're comfortable with, but Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that there are the the, the a few things come to mind and, and I wonder how much like how much stuff to actually say. But one one right. thing for me specifically is like the 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 monster within me, <laughs> uh, and like and there there was definitely a time, yeah, much younger me, um, when I when I started to feel like, you know the you know why do black people do this kind of thing like mm-hmm. why are black mm-hmm. people so mm-hmm. angry why are they so uh, yeah uh, yeah uh, and like and that that version of me which you know does not exist anymore but we see mm-hmm. people you know especially with this with this movement like certain people are saying things that that are like it's like bro just shut up just don't say just, like exactly like, don't say like anything, like like you please. need to listen to to where people are coming from because that yes. POV is is wrong you know and i'm Absolutely. i'm th- i'm thankful that i <laughs> like i i i said i once said like oh, i hate i hate black people to like my friend and he he was like he was like, no, you need to look inside yourself and figure out why you said that. And I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that I was checked. <laughs> you yeah, know? absolutely. I, I'm so thankful that I was, but like, but there is something to like, yes, the, you know, like I'm me slowly turning into like, you know, like these like sort of like out black conservative, like, you know, like if I would, I, there's a version of me that like became Holy one shit. of those people. Holy and, shit. Like, and it, like it, another like realm, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Where like, you know, like I have a different podcast. Like black men can jump in Hollywood. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> the, I will prove and, you all wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um uh you know That's so, so interesting. Yeah. I talked a little bit about that when we uh when I did paid in full, talking about how there was definitely a time in our history that I think we all kind of went through this because it was a combination of the old heads in our community and mm-hmm. the white media telling us all these things about our own people. There yes. wasn't social media, so like this is where we were getting everything from, from like church and from people who were just old heads and had those beliefs, mm-hmm. and then the the news and 100%. what we learned in school, you know? So it's 100%. like, yeah. Yeah, it's it really crazy, and that's you know why I didn't see a movie like Paid in Full for years because in the outfit <laughs> right. it just looks like an early two thousands gangster it's film. It's so true. It's so true. And then you see Paid in Full, and I don't think I saw Paid in Full like, until so later good. in life either. And then you're like, this movie is like, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. So good. Yes, and it doesn't even take them the early two thousands, right? <laughs> <laughs> even though that poster is so. 100 percent early 2000s <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. photoshopped gun right in front it's crazy but oh, y'all i'm also looking forward to seeing your answers be sure to post on sfb society post on our instagram at adventures in black cinema follow us and subscribe to the show thank you so much james for, for being me. on the show today this is so much fun thank uh, you for having what me. days do uh new episodes drop for black men can't jump in hollywood black men can't jump comes out every monday uh, and Sweet. it's you know wherever wherever you get your podcasts uh, yeah. we're, we're gonna be there. 
<laughs> and if you haven't listened to older episodes, go back, listen to the older episodes. They're so good. The conversation that y'all have. First of all, I love all three of you. So to hear you, you talking and bantering back and forth <laughs> is just so much fun. The three J's, yes. J <laughs> squared, um, or J to the third. Um, yeah. <laughs> Also want to thank uh, our audio engineer, Matt Mozzarella, our producer, Angie, our executive producer, Amanda Seals. And next week on the show, I'm getting into the nitty gritty of Jungle Fever. We are doing an all Spike Lee centered episode for our 10th. So see y'all next week. Great.